just so it's not contrived, it's recording. Acknowledge it. But oh. we want to try a little something just to maybe get in the zone. Little improv game. <laughs> this might not be your opening. Remind me what it is. I have so many fucking improv games up it, my fucking butthole. It was just that we were riffing on um, the most wildest kinks you could possibly conceive of. And then we need to like improv back and forth. Just like okay. yes and kinks, basically. All right. Um, like um, piggy fucking. Okay. Uh, like gruel stuffing. <laughs> like um, orphan. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Like, please, sir, can I have some more um, singing? Yes, okay. Like, um, uh, pot and ladle banging while masturbating. Um, octopus fucking. Um, watching anime while hanging upside down. Um, fuck, everything I'm thinking about right now is so dark. Go for it's it. Not Go there. like Living murdering it. a principal. Okay, well, murdering a princess. Um... Being fucked by a princess's hair. Uh, being choked by the Queen of England's right-hand dog wrangler. Um, pissing in a tea set. Um, melting a sugar cube inside uh, a puffed anus. <laughs> um, sitting on, like, several lollipops. Um, uh, working at a candy shop that only caters to pig fetish fuckers. <laughs> um, fucking in dirty rivers. Um, fucking, um, Joaquin Phoenix. I was going to say River Phoenix and that's too dark again, so I had to change. Setting yourself on fire and then fucking in an ice storm. (laughs) Drinking a nice ice wine while in a hot tub. (laughs) Um, (laughs) drinking ice wine out of a hot tub. Drinking hot tub water out of an ice wine bottle, but it's in your ass. (laughs) Um, uh, bottoming for ice cubes. Bottoming for ice cube. (laughs) (laughs) Bottoming for ice tea. Uh, starring in Law and Order. Um, uh, sentencing someone to death with a gavel and then shoving up their butt. Their butt or your butt? Both. I love it. Double-ended gavel? Double-ended gavel. (laughs) That seems like a really good place to stop. That was perfect. Oh... (laughs) Are you feeling warm now? I'm feeling warm. Me too. My buns are toasty. My buns are toasty and covered in cat hair. Yeah, and in a jock, so it feels pretty great. Yeah. Um, hi. Hi. Welcome to... Do you queer what I queer? What I queer. Coming at you live. (laughs) That was late. And it's not live, but... Coming at you live for, like, in our reality. Yeah. I'm hearing it live. Sitting in jock straps. With cat hair. On your furniture. And having a nice glass of wine. A very nice glass of wine. We encourage uh, anyone who would like to, to join us in having a nice glass of wine. Maybe, but we we don't want to encourage intoxication culture too much. So I said anyone who would like to. That's very progressive. And I was also going for more of like a, we're going to read you this week's dictionary um, entries from the OED. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you should be sitting in front of a fireplace. Definitely. I have a a purple coat on. (laughs) Are you Prince? I don't know what I am. <laughs> what are you? How are you? Hi. I'm, I'm good. Uh, this is such a weird... We've never started it that way before. I know. Um, now we have to keep it in because okay. now we're addressing it. But uh, sometimes when Elliot and I uh, need to get warmed up for the podcast, we do any 
a few different uh, improvised word games. It helps us get our yes ending skills going. We it like helps us get our clits and clots in order. Um, it helps us get quirky and murky. Yeah, I, I get lubricated for the content we're about to produce. <laughs> I want to cut that. I also I usually get lubricated to produce content. I usually produce my best content while lubricated, so I must agree. Oh, let's go. I think you beat me there. Uh, so <clears throat> we're in jocks, which yeah. maybe we should address first. Well, we oh yeah, we're bringing an energy to this episode. Yeah. Pamela's wearing a mesh tank top. She looks like she lost her kids at the beach. Is yeah. how Pamela looks. Yeah, it's very Baywatchy. In fact, her wig looks like Zac Efron circa two thousand and six. Absolutely. And I want to call it this. Actually, she, she looks like Zac Efron a lot right now. 100%. Yeah. I see the abs happening. I see the butt. Yeah. So a nice twinkle in the eyes. A nice twink in my eyes. <laughs> That's Zac Efron yep. in my eyes. Yeah. And this has been Twinkie Efron Corner. <laughs> He's so far from a twink these days. <laughs> What's your color today? My color today, actually didn't think about it. Um, I'm going to go with, so maybe I'll start backwards. So today I got some work finished i was inside all day mm-hmm. i read some true crime and listened to some podcasts so mm-hmm. that feels like brown to me it's a brown day it's like woody with some highlights and some low lights got it yeah. like like a little piney like a little oak yeah there's some like pine cone shape too right. to my feelings right now i'm prickly but it's also like a, a boardwalk of spikes or like something like that a boardwalk empire of wood tones that's how i feel Tom, I've got some wood tones for that. That's great. I have some wood for you. What's your color? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, this we've spiraled out of control immediately. This episode. Okay, my color is. I'm gonna say aquamarine. Oh my god. It's like so like because right now you're sitting in front of a window, so I only see your silhouette. I like literally can't see your face, but the sky is like this beautiful blue because it's daylight for fucking. The weirdest. The weirdest. I mean, we say that every time. But. And <clears throat> The Shape of Water won Best Picture at the Oscars, which was like, I know you liked the movie a lot. But I don't didn't. get me wrong. I liked it. I have no idea why it won. I don't think it was even a contender for cool. that. All so. right, good. So we're, we're in agreement with that. And um, also, for the last reason, I'm just feeling really like watery. Mm-hmm. Like just like flowing and like streamy and like like river phoenix okay uh and also we're going to oasis tonight you scooped me i was gonna say yeah very water-based night very water-based night very water-based lubricant safe to eat safe to insert that's how we like to roll what (laughs) i don't know i don't know safe to eat can't you eat water-based lubricant do you eat lubricant elliot listen <laughs> look when i run out of hot sauce my food's really dry no i don't eat fucking lubricant but when you're fucking with something it's gonna get in like most of your I holes i don't know i don't you know? know it sounds like you eat lubricant by the tub <laughs> i'm, I'm just convinced. like like winnie the pooing a jar of water-based lubricant um that's an image that makes sense in my brain yeah me too on that note, too, would you be the piglet to my poo, or would you be... I would obviously be the tigger. Are you kidding me? I think, yeah, I would be the Eeyore to your tigger. Yes. Right. That's accurate. Okay. Glad that we cleared that up. Glad that this has been Christopher Robin's Corner. 
nailing it with the names. So proud of you. Earlier, we were making a, a chain-based joke before we started recording. Um, <laughs> because I was followed home once by a man with chains. And I was like, yeah, it sounded like the ghost of Christmas past. And Tom goes, you mean... Jacob Marley, who is not the ghost of Christmas past. But that's who you meant to say and... So I even got it wrong in my own joke. And the fact that you know those names, like you're just so on it. It's... I love it. Listen. Look. I've I've grown up with stories my whole life. It's all I know. All I know is stories. I thought you said, listen, I'm just a grown up with stories. And my heart just like... I mean, that's true too. So cute and beautiful. I don't really have any other like skills. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you like teaching tomorrow morning? Yeah, as I say before I teach tomorrow morning. (laughs) After a night out of (laughs) the Aqua Lounge Sex Club. You're really going to encapsulate your personality within like today and tomorrow I feel yeah I don't think we clarified so Elliot and I are going tonight to Oasis Aqua Lounge set uh no I just said sex club it's I don't know what their like moniker is but shout out to Oasis Aqua Lounge they're Toronto based yeah we'll be in you within a few hours yes uh our past guest Chai is um dancing there as Axel Blows I'm so excited so we're gonna go we're all gus. We're gonna get all gussy. Like we have our jock straps ready. We have our little like cock rings and yeah. paraphernalia. Yeah, and we're just gonna see what happens. Exactly. And we're excited to come back and regale you with our come on re- our backs. Yeah, with our come, with our come on our backs. Come back with a comeback. I'm nervous though. I have to say, I feel a bit of like a way about it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this nerve. Like, okay. Do, do, do you want to go into it? Yeah. So I mean. I'm feeling a few things. I think the first of which is that my partner's not coming with me. And like, while we are relatively sexually open, we're not open away like from each other. So that means that I can't be slutty. Yeah. But I am in a jock strap. And like, I'm worried about people thinking that that means I'm approachable and I'm nervous about how to navigate that situation. Yes. That but- makes sense to me. Um, as someone who uh has been to aqua lounges in the past not this one however but that type of club in like Um, space i get i think a lot of people are nervous going to these places um thinking that like consent means something different in them and i'm here to to put you at ease in that it isn't thank you no one's gonna no one's gonna touch you or approach you if you don't want them to Thank you. I, that makes me feel better. Um, and more than that, I'll be there beside you being like, not protecting you, but I mean, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, although, like, I just want to say that if you would like, I'm giving you full full reign. If I can walk in and pay the pay and then turn around and you're just getting fisted in a back room, like, that's also Are you fine. giving me a podcast hall pass right now? I am a pod pass, a hall cast. Both of those. No, I won't be getting fisted tonight. I do, as we just said, I teach tomorrow. So it's like <laughs> the most Gemini thing in the world. Literally. Me, but when midnight strikes, you turn back into a, I don't know. <laughs> I just throw my glass slippers at people, like at people that I want to sleep with You're later. shrieking. <laughs> you turn into a pumpkin. That's the queer version of Cinderella, in case you don't know. (laughs) Cinderella goes to Oasis. Oh, my gourd. Oh, my gourd. I love you. Fucking hell. Wait, Jesse, take the food out of the oven. It's burning. Jesse, our food. Thank you. It's a wonder we even pay you. (laughs) We don't pay him. Come for me, (laughs) overboard. I I know. 
I know they don't like the way we talk to Jesse, which makes me want to talk to him like that more. But um, I will say I am going to say something nice about Jesse right now, and I don't care if he wants me to or not. But he does like all of our art on our Instagram every week, and it's fucking phenomenal. Every time I see it, it blows my mind. He's I can't take credit for it. Like. He just fucking is a wizard of wizardry. He's looking at you, giving a furious, cut that, cut that. Jesse, cut that. Jesse, don't cut it. Oh my God, he just took my wine away. Um, cut Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, you're fired. He's cut. I need to also give so many thanks, though, for his creative side. As much as we joke, you're right. Like, we couldn't fucking do it yeah. without him. And, like, he keeps our aesthetic yeah. aesthetically pleasing. And, so. like, he... We can cut all this if you want, Jesse, but... He's like a uh, a producer. He's a fellow producer with us. And a lot of the things he says make a lot of sense because he has a good mind about PR and marketing. Mm-hmm. And Elliot and I don't have those minds. Mm-hmm. And so usually he'll suggest something and we'll both be like, no, that's a, no, of course not, Jesse. Why would we ever do that? But with like more anger in our voice. If yeah, that's yeah. Possible. And yeah. then we throw our glass slippers. Yeah. And then we realize that later on that he's right. Always. <laughs> without fail every single time so so we'll be in a lot of consultations with jesse yeah really quick i just want to announce something that a really dear friend and a listener had sent in um it's a little bit sad well it's it's very sad i didn't mean to downplay that but so this person's uncle's brother had passed away recently on February 2nd of this year uh, and his name is David Shannon and a lot of our listeners might actually recognize him because he was well known he was an LGBTQ uh, rights activist and he did a lot for his community um, and people are asking uh, if they want to donate or do anything for him and his family to donate to Casey House and to CAMH which is Toronto's mental health and addictions center uh, and also to donate to ACCM which is an organization that he actually co-founded and it's the uh, AIDS Community Care Montreal. So that's just a brief mention. His life, I would suggest everyone look up David Shannon and what he's done, like just a fucking prolific activist and journalist and it's amazing. Um, Yeah. Also on Casey Hout's note, sorry, but happy birthday to them. It was their 30th birthday on March 1st. Oh, good out. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Sorry to derail. I want to... No, derail away. Toot toot. Toot, motherfucker. Toot. <clears throat> Thomas, you and I have been just gagging over RuPaul. We have. Well, not in the ba- uh, not in the good way. Gagging and gagging. Yeah, yeah. Literally, for all of our straight listeners out there, what we mean by <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> RuPaul was in a problematic uh, interview at some magazine. I can't remember when it was, and he was asked about uh, trans contestants on Drag Race. And I'm sure all of you already know this, but the stance was that um, it, it was really murky and quirky, but... It wasn't even that quirky. No, it was it mostly quirky. murky. It was just mostly murk. It was all murk. Uh, the stance was that essentially trans women are were not accepted. It was not a show for trans women. Or bio queens. Or bio queens. Which are... Um, like women doing drag, which women, I guess women it, doing drag, which are trans which, women trans doing, trans doing drag. drag. Yeah, it's all the same thing. So yeah, so it's Rue made these statements saying that his show RuPaul's Drag Race is for cis men doing drag. That's right. Although actually, I don't know on this. Does that mean that trans men could go on? 
Um, no, it's first no. Cis men. It's not first cis men because the the platform is. Um, I'm now paraphrasing for RuPaul. Okay. But RuPaul's sentiment is basically like the punk rock thing to do is dress up as as the other as your other gender. Genderfuck. Um, that's the punk rock thing to do. There, of course, trans people, you know, can do that and should do that, and women can, and cis women and trans women. But that's a different platform. Was okay, his, was his basic sentiment. How do you feel about that? <clears throat> Well, as a cis man, it doesn't matter what I feel. That's kind of always where I go with that. I love that you said so, that. So, like, who the fuck cares? Like, I get that sentiment. It makes sense to me. Um, but obviously, no. Like, there shouldn't be platforms that people are left out of. And where's the line that you draw? Because you said Peppermint was fine to, to you know, compete, but... It was before Peppermint's top surgery. So where's the fucking gray area? Like, where do you draw the line? It doesn't make any sense. I get it. We're all learning. We're all, we all fuck up and we're all learning. And I mean, Rue did double down and like did, you know, back his uh, original statements up. But they, Rue has since come out and apologized and been like, and asked for help learning and I think that's the best thing that they could have done because that's the best thing that we're all doing. We all fuck up. It's okay to fuck up. It's okay to say the wrong thing. Then we're going to learn and we're going to change for next time. So I'm not here for the witch hunt for RuPaul personally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that might be not as radical as I need to be mm-hmm. on, on a podcast like this. Um, but I'm here for learning and growth at this point. The infighting really is is not so helpful sometimes we're all fighting the same fight some of us are farther along the lines than others mm-hmm. um there's something to be said about the age of rupaul like it's a different generation and i don't know i i'm not i'm not here to make excuses but yeah, i am no, here I to say that that i infighting makes me sad totally <laughs> because we're all learning we're all growing and we're all we all should motivate each other to do so um in a supporting way as supporting as possible. Totally. But the radical in me disagrees with that. So I, go ahead. So, okay. So I don't, to be honest, like I actually don't know enough about it. I know what Ruth said. I just mean, I don't know enough about like we're cis men. We, I, I don't do drag. Like this doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. Um, it made me uncomfortable. And I was going off of the trans women on Facebook that I know that were posting statuses about it and trying to like gauge based on opinions from people who it actually literally affects and it's been both and i like just don't i just don't know what the yeah. right thing is here yeah um yes like it's rue's show and rue should get the final call but rue's also a community voice and a guideline and like the like quote-unquote mother of drag as he's heralded so like aren't sh- don't shouldn't you be a better role model for that because like Peppermint was one of my fucking favorite drag queens and Carmen Carrera and like Gia Gunn and like all these trans drag queens are like phenomenal and drag race is better off for having them. I'm not making a point. I don't even know why I'm talking. What I do (laughs) want to talk about though is like infighting trips me up because what is in and trans people clearly don't feel like cis gay men are here for them. They're not in the same group. That's not infighting. That's them fighting for rights. So like, I don't know where to go from there. 
uh-huh uh-huh you know what i mean and like yeah, that, that but that's on us to make it in and i don't think your point is wrong because yes we are a queer community and fighting isn't good it should be a conversation and an edge like an educational like platform when things rupture but before we start calling it infighting we need to do more for our trans siblings yeah like but that also gets like heady Absolutely. and like theory and like derailed and like what's what what pragmatic am i voicing i don't know yeah i don't know um i don't want this to sound like a cop-out but like the best thing we can do is just keep having these conversations 100 percent. like just keep bringing it up I don't know. Again, no, 100%. like hundred percent. Cis men, whatever. But let's move on. Let's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> on this note, yeah. like I would really. Do you love... want me and you? Should we lip sync for our lives right now? <laughs> I guess that uh, funny for a you podcast makes absolutely no sense. We just play <laughs> the just track, playing music. <laughs> I'm here for the that, time though. has come. <laughs> don't fuck it up, Tom. Anecdote corner. Can we go there? Can we dwell there? Yeah, let's go. That's something I want to do because, like, I'm here with you and we're chatting and I feel like we have time and it feels great. Yeah, let's go ahead. Like, part of the reason why we felt like this episode is, like, quirky and murky and necessary is that, fuck it. I've gone through a lot in the last month and I haven't been really to check, really been able to check in with you. And by you, I mean the listeners. Um, because I've experienced a lot of fucked up shit and it's sort of my duty to be candid. So I should do that. Let's hear it. I mean, there's a few things I was, uh, I think it was even one of my silver linings in a previous episode, but I was asked to, well, we presented at a conference in Montreal, Power for the Arts. And, uh, I don't want to go into the details of it. That's okay. Because it's boring. My it's the setup for this is 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 boring, but I will say that our presentation was met with a lot of criticism based on some of the uh, uh, systemic racial bias in the uh, field that I work in, in the arts, in the arts sector. Um, I am really proud of my job and what I do. Can you give us a like a little bit more? Sure. Like we, I'm a coordinator, so I facilitate artists to go into schools and teach this really wonderful program that we've all developed together that uh, encompasses spoken word and poetry and photography and Photoshop, and it's all centered around self-identity. I can see how hard this is for you to talk about. And I'm sorry that I brought this up. No, it's fine. I just don't want to... My only fear moving forward with this is making it uncomfortable for any of the people that I work with who listen or... um, Respect first, I get it. Yeah. So, essentially, uh, part of of the deal with the organization that grants us the funding to be able to do this program is that we go into schools that are socioeconomically challenged. Uh, and we want our artists to represent that community too. Or sort of. Does that sound stupid? Um, Don't worry about it. Just I just speak frankly, I think. That'll be your best. We work with a lot. We work in schools in the city that are predominantly people of color. And we hire artists to go into those schools who are also people of color. 
So the fact that three um, white people were flown to Montreal to present this program, the optics of that were extremely problematic. And it's something I didn't clock before, and I'm disappointed in myself for that because it's my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to be an activist for anyone in the margins. And I was, you know, among other things, really embarrassed. And it's hard, too, I think, because even you being in that position of power is systemic racism like exactly like it just is so our our takeaway uh, like the positive thing is this our takeaway was we were rattled not just a little bit like we were rattled a lot my my co-worker is amazing like she's incredible she handled it with like almost perfection i was a like i didn't know like we were questioned publicly and I just sort of melted into the ground, and people basically called you out for being sucks. racist, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, like, I wish that I, again, like, this was days after we taped that episode with Chai, and I, I was, which was sorry, but if you haven't heard, it was about being an ally, yeah, and like as like white people, how to, and so I, I literally, I, I just didn't know how to react. I was fucking flabbergasted. Um. So outcomes, like so, what? the outcomes are 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 some are 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 plenty, plenty, yeah, plentiful. Uh, the outcomes are some things. <laughs> Here are those things. <laughs> again, Tom. it's about, and like, again, I don't want this to sound like a, um, what's the this right isn't word? White apology corner. No, it's not, and it's not. Um, what's the word I used just earlier, the, like ten minutes ago. I don't want to let myself off the hook right. by saying this, right? but it's conversations that people need to be having right. about the systems of racism in different fields in our society, in all fields in our society. So my coworker, Alessandra, is amazing, and I went back, and we were like, number one, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> Help us. <laughs> And number two, like, this is an issue, and we were all blind to it, and that's unacceptable, and we need to move forward knowing that is unacceptable and calling it out. And, you know, we went to our bosses. We went to our bosses' bosses, and they were, they were you know, as rocked as we were. Mm-hmm. And so it, the conversation has started, and that's all we can keep doing. They were amazing at hiring us like a you know, an equity coach to come in and talk to us. And it was really beautiful. And it, you know, sort of reinforced a lot of what we were thinking, like around the systemic changes that need to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think our generation is the generation to enact this change. And that's pretty ironic coming from me, having the like position of power that I do, but that's amazing though. But we, we gotta just, you know, I'm I'm not going to quit my job. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing my job. And much like this podcast, you know, it, it's right. It's fucking parallel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, I have this position of power. I have this platform and I have to use it to prop other people up. Totally. To celebrate others. Well, and like, let's like, it's so tricky because that moment, like Tom called me after everything went down with his presentation 
and the like just how upset everyone was and like the state you were in and like now to hear the changes that have come from that like I don't want to say it's good that that happened but like it sounds like it's good that that happened which is terrible it's great that it happened and I don't want you to think that I like I'm happy that you were put in that position but the outcome is clearly positive and you're clearly doing the right thing and like it it really was Uh, like I will say that I feel like to be called out publicly would have um, maybe elicited a response for someone in my position that was a little bit more um, argumentative. But we, we, we had to listen. And the optics of it were right. They were a little misconstrued because our presentation, you know, was cut for time and this and that, whatever, whatever. But... Um, we we heard it and and sorry I'm going on and on but it's okay. that's basically what happened. I'm sorry that it, I like it, made it rattled you... it, it really rattled us, especially me because this is like this is what I want to devote my life to. Mm-hmm. So to be called out for something like this is and to be sort of blindsided by that makes me need to reevaluate. Listen, we're always my learning. hand on the button. Yes, and we're yes, like fucking nobody shut down. When someone tells you're doing something wrong, you really need to fucking think about that. We always talk about the psychology behind belief and the psychology behind advocating for something when you know the other party isn't actually going to listen to you. And I I want to, to be different and I want to like, and we, like we do as a team, we need to make sure that those are growing moments and not moments where we solidify in our behaviors that are problematic. And, like, I'm proud of you for everything that you've taken out of it and, like, how you, like, tucked and rolled and, like, ch- changed. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was, like, serious Sorry, anecdote really corner. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, on that note about, like, tough conversations, I have an anecdote to way lesser extent than that. But uh, this past week, I was asked by a mentor who uh, she's doing her PhD right now and she's fucking amazing and she has just been like so kind to me like throughout my masters and like will meet up with me and check in with me anyway she's a course instructor for a second year anthropology course and she asked me if i'd like to give a guest lecture so i said yes but was like just so nervous i've never taught there's like 400 kids in this lecture hall at u of t and it's i've taken that class too and i was scared to let people down but uh i gave the lecture this week and i think that it Sorry, our apartment's dim as fuck. So <laughs> um, are our lives. Yeah, seriously. I gave the lecture. I, I don't know. I think it went pretty well. The students seemed relatively engaged. And what I decided to talk about was queer and digital ethnography. So basically, like, I pitched my own project. But I also pitched this podcast. And it felt so cool to talk to young people about like open source media and like digital media and all of the agency it can bring people, whatever, whatever. I'm not self-congratulating. All I want to actually talk about (laughs) is the fact that during this lecture, I had thought like, where do you fucking start? These are second years from all walks of life. Most of them are even anthropology students. So where do you start with queer anthropology? And like, what even is that? So I figured like, let's define some things for these people. Um, So I put in not like not an exhaustive loss, exhaustive list by any means but just talked about things like what does cisgender mean what does transgender mean what is gender queer can i cut in yes 
Okay, so I was fortunate enough to go and and watch this, and I was like a pregnant mother, like in tears the whole time because it was just so. I was just really proud of Elliot for this, and the first time he said cisgender before he um, um, defined it, the the girl sitting in front of me was like doing some like bullshit shopping online, obviously, and she like cl- closed the window, opened a new window, Google searched what is cisgender. And read it, closed the window, and went back to on. Listen, I changed one person. <laughs> Look, that's all I want. I loved it. I was just so here for it because at first I was really mad at her. I was like, "Fucking pay attention!" And then clearly she is. Yeah, <laughs> she's multitasking. Yeah, and she then she needs, was. She needs those. And then she learned what cisgender was before you told her that. That's and then how she instant it was. Clicked buy on those leggings and she shipped it to her house, <laughs> which is fucking queer. So get it, get it, baby. So get it. I hate that I say baby. Um, sorry. So a few definitions and I gave the definition of asexual because I, it's not really something that we've been vocal about or that I know that it's in the acronym and that it's part of the queer community, but I think it's something that a lot of that queer individuals, um, let asexual members of the community down by not bringing enough visibility as allies. I finished a lecture and after the lecture was finished, uh, some students wanted to ask me questions and speak to me. And there was one person who like came up to me and very stoically said, I want to know why you put asexual in there in like the coldest manner, just like could have been good, could have been bad. And I was like, gave the answer I just gave. I think that it's something that the queer community needs to do more work for as allies, like the non-asexual queer community as allies for asexual people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And this person just looked at me and said, like with so much emotion, all of a sudden, thank you so much. It was so nice to see myself represented in this talk. And I've been to queer events and I never expect that anymore. And like that meant the fucking world. And it it was just like a, like an, I didn't dwell on that thought. I just put it in the slides and like moved along. And it just goes to show that visibility representation. Exactly. So fucking much. Um, Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say about that. It was fun. I really liked talking which no one's surprised about because that's what i'm doing right now we got to see you and i was it was just so cool i'm so lucky to have friends like you and our other friends who came it was so great oh no i'm a business partner i'm not a friend (laughs) i was coming for my own validity to make sure i didn't misrepresent the podcast (laughs) i also plug the podcast a lot so if anyone's listening who's in that lecture hall hall shout out to you and thanks for being so respectful while i was speaking i appreciate it yeah so that's it those wow. are some anecdotes. Okay. That Those was serious. Heavy. Let's do I want to oh, some funny shit. Okay. Do you have any funny shit? Um so, oh, do you want story corner? You never need to ask if I want story corner. Well, then then give me a fucking story, bitch. Do you want me one? Me. Oh, I keep saying the word bitch today. And I said baby. I don't like either of those things. All right, bitch, baby. What let's do you in, got for me? Let's infantilize some women and just hate and them. Babies? Happy Women's Day two days ago, you bitch. God. You baby Can we bitch. Cut all that? No, it's Because I just realized also what the word infantilize means. And I said, are we infantilizing bitch babies? Anyway, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's riff on that. Improv, go. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, so sorry. Am I to believe that I need to lead this story corner? Of course, lead something for once. God damn it! Wow, <laughs> the truth will out. Oh fuck, fuck! Story, story, story. So yeah, I I've honestly just thought about this story yesterday because my boyfriend and I marathoned all of the Harry Potters, and I was like, fuck! I want more. I'm so sad. 
what more is there to watch? And I was like, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Tell me the truth. Yeah. Are you sexually attracted to Voldemort? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. And I hate that you just listen. Look. He does terrible things. Ray Fiennes, though, without a nose, is hotter than Ray Fiennes with a nose. And I don't know how to explain that. I just don't. Oh, I have all the yeses and all the noes for that. Like, I don't like gooey, like, red Voldemort. Like, not attached to a body. Or, like, Professor Quirrell back of the head Voldemort. But I do like full-bodied Ray Fiennes Voldemort. Yo, I got, like, 55% of what you just said. <laughs> Yo, um, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I feel attacked and sickened <laughs> by what you just said. So, Marathon Harry Potter was like, what's next? And I thought, like, oh, Fantastic Beasts. Which made me think of this fucking anecdote. So, when that came out in theaters, I didn't have high hopes for it. So, I was like, let's just get really drunk and see what happens. As I do with most films. Yes. My boyfriend and I went to see it in IMAX, drank about two liters of white wine, and I was so bored that I took my dick out in a movie theater and my boyfriend gave me a hand job. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, so I, like, I've never done that. And I apologize to, like, police I'm... people who are listening. What? Don't arrest me. That's definitely illegal. That's public masturbation. Listen. I made sure no one was looking. We were, like, in a corner. It was, like, You're... it was the most decent I could have been while masturbating in public. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You do not have to apologize for that. Thank you. I think ethics come first in everything. <laughs> you were living your your true, like, you know, exhibitionism life. Right. And you didn't harm anybody. No. Exactly. I made sure no one was behind. No yeah. one was watching. We were far away from everyone. I'm inspired by this story, personally. I, you are my fantastic beast. That is the <laughs> nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. <laughs> I also, no one's surprised by that story. Like, no listener right now is like, oh, wow, Elliot. Like, every <laughs> listener is like, mm, yeah, yep. Which is funny because I'm surprised by it because I'm not, like, an exhibitionist or, like, I don't like public things. But give me two liters of wine, a mediocre film, and see what I'll fucking do is the moral of the story. <laughs> Was it mediocre? I never saw it. Uh, I need to see it again. I was so drunk. I got oh, so drunk 20 minutes in and I was like, this is boring, dick out. Like, right. <laughs> story of my life. This is boring, dick out. Uh, speaking of... Dick out? My dick's coming out now. <laughs> uh, this isn't planned. I'm just watching you like fidget with my Michelle McNamara I'll Be Gone in the Dark book. But shout out to that fucking book. I mentioned that I ordered it last week. I've been reading it, and it is actually one of the best true crimes I've ever read. I don't say the best because I haven't finished it, and I don't want to hype it up too much for anyone. But I will say that Michelle McNamara, as a true crime author, is so respectful and so full of heart. And anyone who doesn't like true crime because of the way it like re-victimizes victims, I would say read this book. Because it foregrounds... Um, the ones affected by the Golden State Killer and like holy fuck I demand to read the book after you're done as soon as I'm done you can read it it's Great. so fucking good I can't put it down perfect good do you know what's happening in Ontario right now fucking unfortunately but can you please just tell me like I don't listen look Doug Ford is a thing he's here he's Canada's Trump and we need to shut him the fuck down however we can. Start at square one. Who is Doug Ford? <clears throat> What's the Ford family? Listen. Look. 
The Ford family is a fucking Canadian dynasty of literal ducks. Putridity. Yes. Yeah. Putridity? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go with that. Um, <clears throat> obviously, everyone knows who Rob Ford was. It was really embarrassing when I was traveling around the world because people would be like, oh, you're from Toronto? Do you smoke meth? And I'd be like, nope, that's just my mayor. <laughs> I didn't know that it was that widespread, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. In New Zealand, literally, people were like, oh, Toronto, <laughs> meth, meth, meth. And I was like, let's do the meth. Let's do all the meth. No, um, no, that doesn't nope. make sense. Cut that. Jesse, yeah. cut that. I meant it as like a do the math pun, but it, it didn't read. Whoop! I'm not making any sense right now. Yesterday, Doug Ford won the nomination to be the leader of the Conservative Party in Ontario. And this is horrific. I will say that all four candidates for this position were literal dumpster fires. Okay. But this one is the flamiest. Okay. Not in a good way. No. <clears throat> and here's an article I read. I don't know. Like, he's just he's just so fucking stupid. Like, he's the worst. Mm-hmm. He's everything wrong. Uh, he's, he's 45 of Canada. Okay. He's like Canadian 45. Make that analogy. Yeah. Um... But here's where the problem lies. One of the problems. So there's an article by pressprogress.ca that's citing that we should thank the religious right for electing the brand new leader of Ontario's Progressive Conservative Party. I guess you might guess how I might feel about the religious right. Can I guess? Go ahead. I bet that you have mostly amicable feelings, but you don't really like to dwell on it and none of their politics makes you upset. That is right. You know me so well. That is religious right. That is religious. <laughs> I I hate That you. is Christian correct. That is... <laughs> Listen. Look. Following a chaotic leadership convention that saw angry party members sent home before a leader was announced because the room was only booked till 7 p.m., the brother of former Toronto Mayor Rob Ford was unveiled as the new leader at an impromptu press conference mm. fucking held in the middle of the night last night. I hate that. So Ford now owes a debt of gratitude to headline social conservative groups that have well-documented histories advocating for repressive laws targeting the rights and freedoms of women and LGBTQ Canadians, among other marginalized groups. So Campaign Life Coalition. Guess how I feel about Campaign Life Coalition? Uh, You actively love it. Yep, correct. I love it. (laughs) Canada's biggest anti-abortion organization. Please, I hope everyone knows that I'm being sarcastic. And they are a source of homophobic conspiracy theories about Ontario schools pushing a so-called gay agenda issued. Like, can I say that Tom's face right now reading this? He's gotten so red that he's probably giving off his own life, his own infrared light. This fucking Campaign Life Coalition is taking credit for Ford's leadership win. Which, sorry... No, no, go on. How insidious this, like, no one's shocked. I'm nope. not surprised. No, nope. Certainly not. However, these this is somebody making a pact with a group whose politics are so against Canada's mandate and so against, well, I mean, again, Canada's done shitty things, uh. so hopefully against Canada's mandate. But, like, this is like a devil making a deal with another devil. That's exactly right. And it doesn't make any sense because now he has held, or it makes perfect sense, depending on how cynical you are, but he's now held to the whim of this group. And whether or not he actually believes in these policies, he will have to enact them because they got him this position. So, like, 
Also, sorry, but the religious right is kind of really offensive because what religion is that? And like Christian evangelical, that's so offensive, right? Because, because that's not all religion. Getting religion, in exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not all religions are offensive. Like it's just, yeah. I mean, so considering this specific group's supporters, they alone have accounted for up to fifteen percent of the PC party members. Fifteen percent of sixty-four thousand people who cast votes. Wow. So this is a thing. Um. Wow, 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 wow. So the anti-abortion group right now also issued a statement indicating it also activated its networks to get out the vote to help Ford win. Uh, they say, right now, sold over a 1,000 memberships throughout the leadership campaign. Across Canada right now is quietly working to elect anti-abortion candidates into key positions by stacking local nomination meetings and selling memberships for leadership votes, notably helping elect Andrew Scheer as our conservative leader and PC MPP Samuel Oster- Oosterhoff at the same at the, at the time a teenager to the Ontario legislature. So what does that mean for Ontario then? It, it it we don't know yet what it means. It means either we're falling into like literal abyss or we're going to crush these maggots with our cleats. It means that Voldemort's back. His horcrux has worked. Yes. The Death Eaters are rising. That's right. I don't understand these references, but yes. It means that the Order of the Phoenix is needed now more than ever. Okay. We need to fight. So, anyway, during his leadership campaign, Ford embraced the group's idea to give parents new legal powers to block pregnant teenagers from having an abortion, something that could expose young women to violence, violate doctor-patient confidentiality, and also likely validate the fucking constitution. It could. It could. It will. You can't block a woman from aborting her own fucking child if she fucking wants to. Like, that is violent in itself. Even this, having that conversation is violent. Like, I yeah. can't even... Ford also said that he's going to repeal the sex ed curriculum, full stop. Which, something like... Is something that is so close to my heart. Because I I love it so much. It's It's something the whole world is looking to right now i've talked about it before in this mm-hmm. podcast and he wants to just fucking kill it and as it's, people who are raised with the old sex ed curriculum like this means so much to us because i needed the one we have now i should have had that exactly and to take that away from it's kids violence. is downright violent it's fucking violence That's- especially if you're gonna like take away the sex ed curriculum and then prohibit teenage girls from having abortions are you fucking kidding me that doesn't make any like you're literally that is that is a violent act against young girls. Sorry, I'm going off. Let's take a breath. Uh, so Ford also said that he opposes the Protecting a Women's Right to Access Abortion Services Act, which is a law that prohibits anti-abortion activists from protesting and harassing women at the entrances to abortion clinics, which is something that has just recently passed in Ontario, and it's fucking fabulous. Like it's fucking fabulous. And he wants to do away with all of this. Oh, God. He also said he would allow Ontario doctors to refuse to refer patients to other doctors when they object to medical treatments on moral or religious grounds, such as, like, abortion or euthanasia. That's funny. That seems counterintuitive to his platform. Yeah. In a sense. Um, so, in a bid to pander to social conservatives, Ford was spotted courting support of controversial figures among the religious right throughout the leadership race. So he's just like seen here 
in talks with all these evangelical leaders, buttering them up, hoping for their fucking support. And that's what he got. And now he won. My stomach actually just did like a like a somersault when you said yeah. buttering up evangelical leaders. That's the worst thing I've heard today. I'm so sorry. I'm really upset with you I'm for it. I'm so sorry. You're welcome, listeners. I hope you feel ill. Can I can I counteract sorry, that, that again? The- I just want to say again that was from PressProgress.ca. I read a lot of that because I was like, well, I can't say this better. Cite your sources. Yeah. Love it. Can I counteract that with a positive? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, I'm gonna fucking do it anyway because <laughs> that's the flavor of this. That was not very yes and amigo. Goddamn podcast. We had a visit, and by we, I mean the the graduate um, department at U of T's anthropology department. That doesn't make sense. U of T's anthropology department graduate center had a visit from a sexual and gender diversity officer. This woman was so fucking phenomenal, so like uh, respectful and kind and patient with a lot of the older faculty and older staff who didn't quite grasp it and like... All I can say is the outcome was beautiful from the day. I think everybody learned something. I learned something. And I was just like so proud. Um, I really want to hopefully have her on this podcast. So maybe that's something we can look forward to. Maybe not. However, I do want to say uh, one of a couple of the things that, that she said that I thought I should probably relay to people um, was just around the changing language uh, in the queer community and how... I think that I've used this, but the language of preferred pronouns when it comes to trans and gender non-conforming people isn't right. You don't actually say preferred pronoun because preference makes it seem as though it's not real. It's not, no one's preferring this. This is their pronoun. And so it's as simple as open mind. Oh, that offends people. Okay. Yes. Change the language. It's that fucking easy. Mm-hmm. So like if we could get everyone to, to stop saying that, uh, to realize how that makes certain, certain people feel, um, because it's, yeah, really, it's not a preference. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. And I think, like, when it was initialized, preferred pronoun was a polite way. Of course. Of and that's how it always change. starts. Of course. Like, like native was polite to Indian, right. which is now indigenous. Like, it, right. like, you just listen to the community that is affected by it. And change. And change. It, it's no skin off your back. Simple as that. Just change. Just fucking change. It's really easy, everyone. Yes. Uh, and then also to tack on to that, another few things that she said that I thought were really good tools for listeners, because a lot of the older faculty had issue with like, what are the, like, how do we practically um, put these into effect in our classroom? And I thought that was interesting because they cared enough to be like, okay, but now I'm nervous and now I don't know how to actually make it a safe space. So this is something that um, I see happen in the community a lot and I see uh just affect people so what i'll say is when it comes to misgendering individuals uh what this woman said this uh, officer said was you never dwell on it but what you do do is you respectfully apologize and you don't get flustered you just move along this person's probably used to it yes it's a violent act yes you may not have meant it that's why you apologize but you don't in your head go fuck shit fuck and like then misgender them again and again and again and so what she said practically to do is you go home and you say their correct pronoun in a conversation out loud. You say it out loud because in your head never really works and you will practice it three times. She said it only takes three times and then you won't misgender them. But that was like one of the many things that... What a lovely like action plan to have. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Me too. And like the dwelling on it really struck me because <clears throat> I do see that. And like I've done that before where I have accidentally misgendered somebody sure. and then 
all I can think for the rest of the conversation is like, oh my God, what have I fucking done? And that's not helpful. That's terrible, in fact, because then you're not listening to this person. Like, it's so counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I won't share more because I really want to get this officer on. um, Okay. Uh, I will say, like, that reminds me of a meme that I saw earlier this week that was like, uh, guys, it's not that hard. And then it said, uh... Gay men, when they see drag queens, yes, she, 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 she's killing it. Yes, she's owning it. Uh, uh, gay men, when they see trans people, uh, he, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know, uh, she, sorry, uh, I'm not sure. Hold on a second. He, they, they, they. It was just hilarious, The trans person in the room brought that up. Oh, really? Yeah, this person said, well, like, yeah, basically that. Why is it that everyone who watches Drag Race, straight men and gay men and queer people alike can do she so easily i also saw a meme that was like why is it that every single person who sees a pokemon evolve can call them by their new name but when we see trans people evolve we still misgender them and call them by their dead names like yeah yeah, yeah, i saw that too fictional monsters (laughs) get more respect than trans trans people people. in society so oh yikes hashtag like yikes hashtag like yikes recently i have caught up to my favorite murder which I feel lost. I feel alone. I feel scared. What do I listen to? <laughs> Are you going to be okay? <clears throat> I don't know. What I have been listening to, though, uh, the first one is called This Podcast Will Kill You, and it's by two epidemiologists, both named Aaron, and they talk about like infectious infectious disease. I, I love it. It's great, and it's fun. Um, on a more serious note, and something I really think that everyone should sh- support, especially in Canada, is a podcast um, hosted and produced by Connie Walker from CBC, and it's called Missing and Murdered. Uh, there's two seasons. The second season is what I've been listening to. The first was also amazing. Um, and the second season is called Finding Cleo. And it's about the search for uh, a girl who was picked up in the 60s scoop, and it follows her family and the different members who were adopted out. I don't know if people know what the 60s scoop is. It was when the government of Canada decided to quote unquote uh, kill the savage but save the child or something to that effect. Kill the Indian, save the child, as I believe. Assimilate. They wanted to assimilate into Western culture through the through the Catholic Church. Yes, and which the, is where our like publicly funded Catholic school boards were born out of, and the residential enough. schools as well. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. What yeah. this included was the violent removal, the force, the forceful removal of children, Indigenous children from Indigenous parents, and erasing their culture, erasing their language, erasing their history, everything, just trauma on trauma. Anyway, so Connie Walker um, chronicles this family's search for Cleo, and I won't go more into it, but like. It's episodic, so it comes out every week, and just fucking listen to it. Like, it's so important. Like, it's so important, and I'm so proud that, like, this is happening as a Canadian and, like, as a podcaster and, like, beacon. Like, fucking beacon. I hope everyone's listening to that. Yeah. Like, if you should turn off this podcast right now. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> unsubscribe, <laughs> unfollow. No, just don't do that. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So, uh, part of the reason why this last while has been a bit fucked up for me, for you and I, and for the people we love around us is that, um, he, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it, but mm-hmm. we have to talk about it mm-hmm. because I know we just do, right? Yeah, I know. It's hard and it's scary and it's sad, but we have to do it. 
Um, but uh, a friend of ours, a coworker of ours. I, I mostly you, like I feel uncomfortable. I didn't actually know this person, yep. but I was still affected by it. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. continue. Um, uh, was, uh, was a, I, I struggled a lot with talking about this or not because I, I don't want to, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Everyone handles, oh, wow, I'm being so vague right now. A friend and coworker of ours unfortunately passed away a few weeks ago due to a heroin overdose. And this person was, you know, uh, triumphant previously on their sort of um, sobriety and sobriety and how they sort of conquered it. Mm -hmm. And it was really sad. Because even days earlier, they said that they were really proud of what they'd overcome. And unfortunately, uh, relapse is real. And after talking to a doctor friend of mine last night, my friend Matt, he said that uh, it's really dangerous when people feel like they've conquered it. Because when they go back and they try it again, they think they can handle the same dose as they previously handled and of course that's not the case because your body has developed it's lost its immunity immunity over over time resistance it's lost its resistance so um fortunately that happened and i don't want i don't know everyone grieves differently and we're all like as a community grieving about it i'm saying them they them obviously they were a, a trans man and it's not a coincidence that they struggled with addiction because of their identity uh, it's not it's a statistic and I don't want to turn my friend into simply that but it, it can't be ignored it's not I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm making sense anymore. You're making sense. I'm going to just interrupt because like, no, they're not a statistic. No, you're not collapsing them to a number. But I think what you are doing is showing how um, this unfortunate unfortunate statistic is numbers are always represent people when it's statistics like this. And this was a person and they were um, affected by the struggle they went through as a trans individual and having having addiction issues comes with living in a society where you're not accepted as a trans person and so like you talking about this I don't think that you should feel like you're reducing them to a number by any means but what I think you're doing is that you're sharing um or not sharing your it just it's another representation right right this is what I think like if circumstances were different, this this may not have been the outcome for this particular individual. It, I, I'm not saying, I'm not stating that as fact, but, you know, the stats are there. Obviously, trans people are incredibly marginalized. A huge percent of them deal with anxiety and depression based on their fucking identity. And a way to handle that is... Or not a way to handle it, sorry, but 
um, understand or cope maybe yeah sure a coping mechanism is the affliction of what addiction is it's a disease mm-hmm. and we all know in this community we fucking know it all too well like mm-hmm. we all fucking know it it's intoxication culture and but it's more it's it's heavier than that obviously it's mm-hmm. not just something so shallow but I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just wanted to share the experience, share my my grieving process because it's so strange. I, you know, at sometimes half of my brain is like, "Oh, you barely knew them. Like, stop, shut up. Like, what are you so upset about?" And then the other half is like, "Why are you not tearing down fucking buildings for this?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were someone that I was just getting to know and getting to like, like they even, you know, our Valentine's Day episode, they wrote on one of the questions mm-hmm. for it. And I don't know. I don't know what my point is at the end of this, but I just, we need to be there for each other. We need to, we need to be there for each other. We're all we have sometimes. And that sounds really melodramatic. No, it's but. not. It's not. And we do need to be there. And, um, People who feel busy and people who feel uh, overworked, I just like take a second and take stock of who you love in your life and who is around for you. And um, the the world can feel isolating and it's all of our duties to make sure it's not so. And a phone call can mean the world. A text can mean the world. Be there for everyone and radically love, like love always. Like you don't know who's suffering through what and you just have to assume that everybody is suffering through something where do we go from here <laughs> i don't know um i again wrestled with talking about that because i don't want to again like i don't know what's respectful and not respectful i'm new to podcasting so i don't want to say names or anything like that but I think you were coming from a place of um, this was a like an addictions based death of someone from the queer community who was close and like I, I think to not talk about it is also disrespectful. I could not. Yeah, I, could I don't. Not. I don't know how to do it, but I could not because we have to. Part of the reason why people listen is because they just want honesty, right? They mm-hmm. just. I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want to pretend to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I'm fucked up. I genuinely don't know where to go from this. So can I, do you have a silver lining? Yeah, for sure. I do have a silver lining. Do you want me to go first? It so seems you're not incredibly going... crass after this, but go ahead. Can I go first? Oh yeah. my God, Artemis. Sorry, <laughs> the cat is terrorizing us as usual. Um... Mine also seems cross, but I just feel like you going from like crying to silver lining is probably too much. Um, I've said like basically a lot of them I've already said. The lecture was great. Book I'm reading great. Um, But like my silver lining was looking up from the podium and seeing you and like my partner and my best friend and another 
really good friend who I didn't even know was going to be there, but it was actually registered in that class, which is hilarious and might actually be a guest next week. Um, And she's fucking amazing. And I love her. But seeing you people and just feeling like so, I don't know. I don't know. So loved. And that was so amazing to me. And like the support that I have in my life is never something I want to take advantage of or take for granted. So I thank you from the fucking bottom of my heart. But then also on a stupider, like, funnier note, we went out that night and just got absolutely trashed, like, shit-faced. And it was so fun, and I really needed it. And we saw this drag queen, um, Mona Moore, like, Mona Moore, anyway, um, do a number dressed as, the like, the fish from The Shape of Water. And it was fucking phenomenal. Um, And then I will finish the story with, (laughs) after you left, I don't know if you know this, but my friend and I stayed at the bar and just like drank and drank and on the street at 2 a.m. just like cried and told each other how much we love each other and just like went full like white girl wasted like ridiculous tears and nonsense and it was such a nice evening. I love your tears and nonsense. <laughs> That's this name of my memoir. <laughs> um, oh, that's really great. Um, obviously, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Changing tones quickly <laughs> is hard to listen to. Um, obviously, my silver lining was seeing you lecture. It was amazing. Okay, relax. Oh, fuck you. you kiss That's us. True. Um, I'll say like a, like a funny silver lining. I, I just finished reading Tiffany Haddish's book called The Last Black Unicorn. And it's so excellent. What's it about? T- Tiffany Haddish is this like up and coming although she would uh, probably argue with me about that um uh fucking kick-ass comedian uh who's just killing it right now and her book is exceptional because that's so loud um, uh because she's had just about the hardest life i've ever heard about and the point of this book is happiness it's it's resiliency it's getting through all all of the shit all of the sludge all of the quirks all of the mercs clits and clots and just like persevering and finding joy and continuing to find joy and being happy and spreading the happiness that's what she like that's what her mandate is it's spreading happiness out of everything after everything she's gone through and I just like was sort of hit over the head with that sentiment because fuck we got we gotta do better at that you and me specifically need to be better at that we gotta find joy in 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 this world and and spread that joy and I realized this episode did not do a great job at that I thought that's what we were gonna do but (laughs) um I so like I'm doing the worst thing by by telling and not showing but so be it let's find the joy in it we're all alive we're we're still breathing and we're still kicking and that is joy in itself so let's not take for granted that that's beautiful hey you know what you should do if you're listening subscribe email us subscribe email us if you have a story that you want to tell a story of a friend or your story tell us 
Let us know what's going on. Let us know what you care about. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. DM us. Facebook us. Follow us on all forms and platforms. Follow us. Um, I do want to say, though, from like an iTunes perspective, subscribing and rating really does matter. Oh, yeah. So please do that. Yeah, yeah, do that. You should, you know, if you're listening. Do that. If you're listening. If you're listening. Obviously, you are listening to this. We are professional. Okay. Uh, Let's go. Let's go to this Aqua Lounge. Let's go to this sex club. Let's watch our friend perform. Yep. Let's be naked Let's and be naked and drunk and, and wet and fish warm and, and tacos. Hot Let's and do that. Warbs. Warbs? <laughs> Bye. Bye.